Another winner I had. I kind of I kind of like where the Knicks are at. Okay. Ready? Oh, let's hear it. Ready? Let's hear it. They have like no awful contracts right now. Have you met Joakim Noah? I have. Right. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. The take is in. <laughs> Me? Ooh, hey, 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 oh, oh. All right, I'm uh, ready to start this thing. Let's do it. All right, welcome back, people. This is episode two of The Take Is In. You've got Michael Swander here alongside, as per usual, uh, Big Bad Adam and Bay Sean. Greetings. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Very happy, especially after our maiden voyage. Yeah, maiden voyage was a bit rocky. I'm not going to lie to people. <laughs> Beers were had. We hit an iceberg. Uh, we hit an iceberg. Iceberg was ahead. We called it out early, and we still didn't turn. Um, I believe, as the intro just stated, that uh, Sean really held the Knicks to high regard in the offseason. Uh, he, he claimed they were winners with no bad contracts. <laughs> Do you care to elaborate? Uh, yeah, I was hacked. Um, basically, uh, the Russians infiltrated my brain after about six or seven IPAs, and uh, that was just an L for me, so I apologize if anyone was offended by the take. Uh, to, to channel uh, Phil Jackson's uh, famous tweet, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> things are not going very well with that take, no. so that was an airball. I do like the Ron Baker deal. I thought that was a steal, and I can still... I still consider them borderline winners. So yeah, okay. we're gonna get back into the Knicks later. But uh, Adam, your your thought of having the Lynx join the Eastern Conference is still up for debate. <laughs> um, we've we've sent in all the necessary paperwork. We're just waiting to hear back from Adam Silver. Yeah, Maya Moore is one of the leading vote getters for the WNBA All Star Game. I think they'll just carry over to next year's NBA All Star Game. Yep. Uh, East with LeBron and Dion Waiters, so everything's looking <laughs> fine over there. Yep, seventy five cents <laughs> on the dollar though. Absolutely. Anyway, so. A lot's happened in the NBA since the last time we talked, and I want to just jump right into Summer League. Um, I think Summer League lends itself to overreactions because it, because it is the land of Anthony Randolph going for 42 points and being the guy. savior. It is the land of Gary Neal going for an incredible amount of points. Yeah. And then also, you know, some people who end up pretty good at basketball play terribly. So let's overreact here. First up, I've got Dennis Smith. Um, I think a lot of people had him high on their draft boards. The Knicks passed on him, which is pretty classic. And when you see sort of his performance on the floor so far, I think it's pretty evident that they um, fucked up. Yeah. How do you say? You could say that. So I think he's a sleeper for Rookie of the Year. And I think that, you know, under Carlisle, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And I think he's going to be really fun to watch. What do you, what have, what have you guys watched any of them or what are you guys thinking? Yeah. So uh, really, really impressed from what I've seen so far. Um, kind of watched him from afar when he was at NC State. And I have to be honest, I wasn't really blown away. Um, classic, classic. Yeah, classic me, just airballing on prospect. But Unimpressed. No, I agree with you. Uh, he looks uh, and feels and smells just like a rookie of the year candidate. Um, Scratch and sniff. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he's got upside, man. He's got crazy athleticism. As you said, he's going to have the ball in his hands. I think the Mavs are, are ready to just kind of give him the ball. Um, his usage rates should be a lot higher than most rookies. So yep. he's going to get his shots. He's going to get his points. Um, and he's going to be exciting. I, I was listening to uh, 
different podcast will not be named. Yep, competitors. And, Fuck yeah, them. yeah, screw that. So, and they were saying that uh, the Mavs psychologist interviewed Dennis Smith before the draft, mm-hmm. and he said that it's it not was, your fault. Is that what he said? Uh, something like that. There were some tears shed, but he did eventually say that it was the best interview he's ever been a part of. So. Mm. I guess Dennis Smith is uh, just a really high character guy, which I did not know. Um, so yeah, yeah, another you know potential All Star or really good player that the East blew on. I think Orlando <laughs> capital W or, Orlando could have had him. New York could have had him. He ends up in the West, and that is why the East, as we all know, is capital W whack. That take is in. That's locked. Very in. That's in for the next three years. <laughs> We don't have a soundboard yet, so we're just working on our acapella skills. Um, next point I had about Dennis Smith is, is he the best point guard in Mavs history and or since J.J. Barea in 2011? Or Roddy Babois in 2008. Avery That's, Johnson, maybe? Yeah, those are a lot of names. And how is he going to coexist with the future phenom, Yogi Ferrell? <laughs> and Seth Curry. Yeah. That's There's a, a lot, lot of talent. competition. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of talent. competition. I think I like Dennis Smith a lot as a scorer. I know that um, some publications are going to be comparing him to Steve Francis and Baron Davis. Oh, we're talking is, club champagne, Steve Francis, or are we talking actual players, Steve, Steve Francis? Or franchise club yeah. champagne, Baron Davis, too. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, it seems like everyone likes him as a scoring guard. You know, like we have guys like Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose now. Will it translate to, you know, championships or is that just going to be kind of like a guy that racks up 20 points per game and makes a couple all-star teams? But to get him at that spot for the Mavs is, is pretty big. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge value. I don't think that, you know, anybody in their shoes would have done the same thing. So next player that we've uh, sort of put on the docket to talk about is um, Channing Tatum. Big, big fan of Jonah Hill's work and Channing Tatum's work. <laughs> also, uh, his stepbrother, Jason Tatum. Mm. Jason Tatum also plays for the Celtics. Nice. So I've been hearing a lot of comparisons that he's better than Bird and at the same time less efficient than Kobe. Jabari Bird. Jabari Bird, nice. correct. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sorry. Like whoa, whoa, let's not compare Larry Legend there. We have another white player to compare to him later. Soon. Yeah. We don't do, you know, cross-racial comparisons here. We like to stay in our lane. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's shown a lot of promise. He's been hitting turnaround jumpers that I really think against NBA defenses are going to be very hard to go in. Uh, if you look at his efficiency numbers, it's not great, but, you know, w- you know, if he's 6 for 20 on turnarounds, it looks great in the highlight reel. So mm-hmm. uh, not sold on him yet, but I think that he's had flashes. What do you guys think? Definitely agree. Um, I would say that maybe he's better than Jason – or I'm sorry, better than Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Jalen Brown's pretty raw, hasn't beat with the athleticism, but – Tatum is a pretty polished player right mm-hmm. now, coming out of college. Can definitely get buckets. Yeah, he, he's got a good shot, better shot than I really thought he had, and uh, he should fit in nicely with the Celtics. I've had a lot of scouts contact me the past week, and <laughs> they just they just say that he's a scorer. You know, it's Girl Scout cookie season. Yeah, I just I don't want to name all my sources, but there's there's several. Yeah, he can score. Several scouts. I think I think him and Jalen Brown are a little bit different as you know where they're going to play on the floor. They have a lot of forwards. They just got. Marcus Morris and uh, some like random white guys. So we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, they pretty much traded out of the first pick to take him at three. It's going to take a while to see if that was a, a good move, but at least he's not terrible. Yeah, as long as he doesn't call LeBron just another guy, he might end up having a better rookie season than uh, 
Jalen Brown. Yeah, you don't you don't want to poke the bear on that one. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so now moving on to I think the star of summer league so far for a, a, a myriad of reasons. I'm using my Ethan Sherwood Strauss vocabulary right now. We'd love to have him on the pod. By yeah, the way. I've sent multiple emails. He lives in Concord. Yeah, he's on the radio all the time. We want radio, Ethan. Though. Yeah, no, 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 no. absolutely. Um, but Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think there's a lot we could talk about here, but let's stay on topic with the fact that once he went into Nike shoes, he had his breakout game. So he had the most inefficient game of the summer league, his first game. You know, I think everybody was calling him the biggest bust ever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's worse than Smush Parker. I think I heard a lot of pundits saying those exact words. Um, and then second game, he had the 11-11-11 triple-double. Then he ducked Fox. As we all know, he was not hurt, clearly. <laughs> Comes back and drops 36 11 wearing Nikes. So I want to know how good he can be if he wears Reeboks. Wow. I think it all depends on, you know, he is someone that the game just kind of comes to him naturally. Mm -hmm. Everyone that I've talked to in the NBA, which is obviously a lot, they've just said that, you know, he kind of maybe lacks the fire, doesn't always score when he can. Mm -hmm. What's going to be important with him in L.A. is someone that can push him, someone in practice that can... D him up, yep. make him work, make him better. And that's why they signed Alex Caruso <laughs> to a two-way G League contract to make sure that Lonzo has his ish Smith together this season. But look, he was trash the first game, Hall of Fame second game. Bat. And what is what is he now? He's the logo. Yeah. He's now the logo. It's I mean, it's a huge branding opportunity to go off in another person's shoe, I think, for Big Baller brand. And I just got to be honest, when they're saying, like, this is what being independent means, that you can wear other people's shoes, you want to know what the fucking difference is? The other guys are getting paid to wear that shoe. You are giving free marketing to Nike. It was one of the most free marketing campaigns I've ever seen. You had Ben Simmons chiming in. You had LeBron James calling it out. And does Lonzo see a dime of that? No. Sign on the dotted line. I'm a huge big baller. Have been for life. I have five $50. I don't have any. I can't afford them. But. Can't relate. Point is, yeah. Well, yeah. You know. You have, like, three pairs of the slides. We've, we've seen them all. Um, but I just find it interesting. Like, yeah, he's independent, but he's not getting paid for wearing it and giving them free marketing. I think it's kind of ridiculous. It's like it's like me and Uniqlo. It's like I, I appreciate your shirts. <laughs> you they're, tweet at them. They're a good price. Thank you so much. You obviously know how much I have in my wallet on a daily basis. But, yeah, just kick some back sometime. Yeah. Influencer. Hashtag spawn. Right. Raining it in a little bit. Uh... <laughs> As far as what I saw last night with Alonzo, uh, it was definitely impressive. Uh, specifically, his outlet passing was was like Kevin Lovish, just like right on the money every time. Um, so that'll be exciting to see. And you were talking about Caruso. Uh, on, a, on a little bit more serious note, um, something that the Lakers have going for them that I would say is it seems that him and Brandon Ingram are pretty similar guys from what I see from my vantage point. And I just see them becoming friends and, you know, having similar personality types. They could really develop a bond and a sleepovers. synergy. Sleepovers. Yeah, sleepovers, perhaps. Two to a room. S'mores. Yep, you could say that. Definitely two to a room yeah. on road trips. Exactly. So, I mean, Lonzo had a great game last night. Uh, we got to see a little bit of uh, Lakers Nation come out of their caves with their arrogance and Are you referring to, to LeBron James uh, <laughs> throwing up the L as he was leaving the... <laughs> The arena that stood for Great Lakers. Team. I uh, thought it was Lynx. That is why you listen to this pod. I had no idea. You heard the scoop here. No, that was a great tweet. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Lakers fans, there's no fan base like Lakers fans. I'm happy for them, you know, yeah. because they're so, like... They've had such a rough go at it well, in the yeah, last 50 you know, years. They're so humble. They're starved. They're <laughs> humble. They keep to themselves. Like, good for them. Yeah. Good for Laker Nation. They need it. Come on out. Yeah. You were behind Lob City for so long. I know. Bring the banners like, back. Yeah, for the past four years, when I think of L.A. basketball... It was definitely like I just thought of State Farm commercials. Yeah, Cliff Paul. Cliff Paul, Damian Lillard, even exactly comes up just because Gosh. of the proximity to the brand. A, a Clipper Daryl, you yeah. can say that. Yeah, this just is big. Steve Ballmer the yelling mascot. Yeah, this is huge. Yeah, really, really big for LA. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Lonzo in the future. I think he's going to have a really, really exciting career. I'm not rooting against him at all. I just think uh, you know he has the spotlight on him, and I think that whole Nike thing. I just thought it was giving away free money. Um, you know, happy for him and his family if they can continue to be independent. But, uh, you know, if, if equity is all you're getting, I'd love to see the sales because uh, I think, you know, it's a risk. It's a calculated risk, but we'll see how it goes. This is a great, this is looking like a great point guard draft. Absolutely. Alonzo, yeah. Fox, Dennis Smith, and Caruso. I mean, this is a great point guard draft. So we didn't really touch on Fox, but everything that I've seen from him, I only watched one of the games that he was in, but. Wow, that guy is explosive. He can get to the rim. He's very slender, really, really quick. And really what jumps out to me about the Kings is, like, they had a very solid offseason. Mm -hmm. I didn't love the George Hill signing for, but just for the money. But when you look at sort of their cap situation, I don't really know that they had a better option out there. But for once, they didn't fuck this up. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't an embarrassing draft for them for once. As far as De'Aaron Fox goes... I'm a really big fan of him. I think he has maybe the, maybe you could say the highest upside of any player in the whole draft. Um, he's got crazy kind of like a Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose twitch to his game. Mm -hmm. um, he can beat anybody off the dribble. And uh, I love his competitive fire. I mean, we all remember him in the NC2A tournament when they got eliminated. Him and Malik Monk were just crying in the locker room, which, you know, some people may Soft. kind of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but I love that. I mean, Passion. if you have, if you draft a kid that gives a shit and wants to win and is hungry, I mean, I know that's so generic to say, but he really strikes me as kind of a, just a killer on the court. And the fact that they, um, they signed Vince Carter and Zebo, mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be really good for him to kind of like get a little, uh, you know, go and take, have them take him under uh, their wing. So that, that should help a lot. Definitely. So yeah, now that we've, we've bombarded, um, listeners with PNR, Analysis, a lot Real of takes. a lot of cap details, um, a lot a lot of X's and O's talk. Let's get into, I think, the portion of the podcast that the people are really going to enjoy, and, that's, and we should have addressed in the first podcast. Yes, we're, it was a, it was a huge oversight um, by our producer, um, <laughs> and now we're just going to get into it. It's our off season off court MVP. Now I think that there has there have been a lot of interesting sort of side. Um, stories in the NBA this summer, but none more interesting. And you can call me biased because I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, but Clay Thompson in the country of China has been an absolute legend. I don't think Fact. I don't think that anybody has really flourished the way that he has in these past three weeks. The videos that are coming out of the club, off of the practice court. I mean, his game's improving. There's there's no denying that. And his dance moves, yelling "fuck it, we're the champs" in the club. I, I haven't seen anything better. Have you? Uh, not since me in eighth grade. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, as far as trying to clay goes, um, I see a, a happy guy, a single man, as, as a person who just got engaged. Shout out my Shout beautiful, out Sean. beautiful fiance. Um, I see a guy just living life in China and uh, just flourishing, as you said. 
Um, it's kind of how I envision how he and Rocco kick it behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, just kind of leave it all out there. Um, but yeah, I love to see it. Even when he's missing dunks and becoming kind of uh, shacked in a fool in, in Asia, it's great. And uh, I'm actually interested to see if Steph takes the, the torch from him when he does his tour in Asia. See, I would say that Steph is more of a, I'm handing out beers on the beach guy. Yeah. Um, getting twisties, which uh, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> uh, I'm excited, to be perfectly honest. I think that that could be a really great storyline heading into the 2017-2018 season. I, just keep it up, dude. We, we need more to talk about. Agreed. So with China Clay, I do want to bring up the missed dunk because... Yeah, we've all been there. We've all just smashed well, it off the rim. That's, the funny thing is is that Clay, doesn't, Clay does not seem like someone that practices that a lot. No. But, you know, he's an NBA athlete. He's, what, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, you know, that should be fairly easy for him. I was trying to think, how does that relate to me? Right. What's the equivalent? What is there out there that maybe should be easy for me if I actually tried? And when I do attempt, it is borderline awful. Cutting vegetables. <laughs> I have realized that cutting vegetables, I don't know why I make it look so terrible and yep. so hard. You know, I, I'm not trusted with a lot of, you know, major cooking. But, you know, if I go to my mom's or uh, my mother-in-law's house, they're cooking good meals, you know, they'll throw me a bone. They say, Adam, you want to, you know, okay. uh, cut the vegetables? Yeah. You know, I get out there as confident as Clay. I say, sure, give me the knife and give me the vegetables. You know, I've seen people, you layer things, you just chop them all up. I don't know, you get, I get up there, the cutting board, and I'm just, you know, I'm just going slow. Trying to hacksaw it. I don't know, right? Piece by piece, and yeah. everyone's looking at me, kind of laughing, like, are you serious, Adam, Clay? I thought you were a pro. Are you serious, Clay? Like, you can't make that dunk, and so, yeah, I feel for Clay. Um, and if anyone ever invites me to their house for dinner, <laughs> I'm going to pass on cutting the vegetables. I will, too. Don't ask him to chop it. Yeah. He won't do it. All right, before we get into some more of like the, the, the moves that we didn't get to last week that sort of shook up the NBA, we have a new sponsor for the app. Um, for the app. Sorry, for the podcast. Spoiler alert. Well, we it's have not, an app coming. We have an app coming. It's going to be the, the take is an app. Yeah. It's just going to basically blast a, a rap air horn on repeat. It'll be $6.99. Yeah. Um, point being so, you know, there, there are many ways these days that you can get tickets. A lot of people, there are apps that within two clicks, you can, you know, get your tickets to the ball game, get your tickets to the show. Not here. Not at the take is in. We show up to the game with a six-pack, empty-handed, nothing but a wad full of 20s, okay? You look for the guy who is saying, I am buying parking passes. Spoiler alert, he's not buying parking passes, okay? He's a scalper. This is brought to you by scalpers <laughs> oh. because real men negotiate their ticket prices Shout out to them. and risk getting a fake ticket because what is more fun than getting denied at the door? Again, this is brought to you by scalpers. Uh, go, go up to that guy and just yell in his face, the take is in. He'll probably give you five bucks off. Yep. Beautiful. All right, on to the great white hope. Um, some white guy signed in Boston. Uh, Chris Haynes first to report it. Then Woj reported that it was not going down. Well, actually. Well, he well actuallyed him. And then, you know what Chris Haynes did? He waited patiently. He sat on that egg. He let it grow into a beautiful baby bird. And he fucking tweeted out one of the best tweets I have ever seen, which is Hulkamania <laughs> throwing up the ear, saying, what did you say? Once the Players' Tribune article came out that he was going to... None other than the Boston Celtics. What are the takes, guys? Does this put them above the Cavs? Where are we at here? What's our, what's our temperature on the, the Celtics? The tweet was legendary, no doubt about it. I had my doubts once uh, Woj swooped in. As he, we all know, he's kind of the voice of God. He's a trustworthy guy. I'll say um, 
you know, the Celtics definitely, you know, improved the, their team. That's the take I had in the first episode. I want to maintain that take <laughs> yeah. since it's so bold. Yes. Um, Might be better. Yeah, exactly. No, but it did. It really did up Danny Ainge's stock, I think, incrementally. And as far as Gordon Hayward goes, um, you know, it kind of shows that the Celtics, they're, they're taking shit for real now, and they're not just sitting on their, as we said, treasure trove anymore. Uh, I guess they are. They didn't have to give up any assets, really. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to correct you there. Avery Bradley had to leave. Sorry. They, they <laughs> traded Avery Bradley, um, who I really like. I don't know if I would have traded him, to be honest with you. Um, but as far as Gordon Hayward goes, nice player. They got a probably, you know, top 20 talent, and that's all I have to say. Yeah. No, I mean, the debate was always, like, they had to they had to clear some cap space. You knew that Olenek the legend wasn't coming back. Like, I think he reached his peak. They realized that that game seven, like, go fly, dude. Like, that, you're free. Mm-hmm. Get out of the nest, okay? That's You're never being better. So we can talk about that. He's in South Beach. Shout out, Kelly. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think I agree with you. The Avery Bradley trade, I think, you know, he was going to get paid next year regardless. So giving him up, I don't know. I think it makes them better for the next year. But I get that they were probably renting Avery yeah. Bradley for a year and not didn't have the cap space to re-sign him. And Jay Crowder, obviously, I think he has two more years left on his deal getting paid in the high sixes, low sevens. So that could be a trade asset if they, wanted, if they wanted to make another move. So initially, I was pretty shocked by the fact that it was Avery Bradley and not Marcus Smart, but I bet that they thought the return that they would get for Avery was better. And, you know, now that it's weird. They're like one of the few teams, that, you know, you always think of, of wings in the NBA as kind of being like, you need a really good wing mm-hmm. to win. And they have so many, yeah. I'd say above average wings. They, don't, they have one star on the wing, and then a bunch of guys that are sort of plug and play would help a lot of teams win. Yeah. And it's really rare to see that because I feel like a lot of teams need is that three that can compete with the Kevin Durant's, the LeBron's um, of the world. And I think we, we kind of have our Warriors goggles on here when we think about Avery Bradley mm-hmm. because he historically has played great defense against Steph. Yep. And, you know, it, it's not a mystery anymore. If you want to win the NBA championship right now, you're going to probably have to beat the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I think Avery Bradley gives you more um, than maybe one of the Morris twins got, or the one that they got, Marcus. Was that the right, <laughs> correct one? Correct. Correct? All right. Um, the worst one. So I don't I just, I just hold Avery Bradley's stock in high esteem, and yeah. Yeah, we're going to see probably a starting backcourt now of Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Marcus Smart's probably going to be guarding the other team's best guard. Yeah. We'll see how that works. Just two great two-way players. I mean, they don't have any deficiencies on offense or defense when you look at the two of them. No, mm-hmm. no, we're big IT defense. IT got an all-NBA, all-defense vote. Yeah. And, and those count. Yep. Yeah. And those count. Uh, this will be interesting just because... That was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> No, he did, though. <laughs> I know. Yes, we did. The vote was not a joke. No, no, no. Those are facts. This is going to be just a very interesting year for the Cavs. If things are just rocky and LeBron is just trolling Dan Gilbert all season, uh, throwing up the L just to give uh, Laker hints, I mean, Boston could. Boston definitely has a shot to make the NBA Finals. I don't think they have any chance to beat the Warriors, obviously, or maybe another team that, that comes out of the West. But... They still have assets to trade either next offseason, maybe even at the deadline if there's another superstar out there. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of manage Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's minutes because I think they're going to play Marcus Morris a lot. He's a good he's a good shooter. I think he's going to work well in that offense. And then, yeah, Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart will be an interesting backcourt to watch. I'm going to be interested to see if they make another move on the Celtics side, like whether it's Andre Drummond or, or some big, if, if it hmm. doesn't work out, if Boogie's available. Like, I just feel like they still have the assets to make another move. And Definitely. I don't think that they're done dealing. Um, so before we get into the next sort of piece moving 
Um, well, another piece moving west, which has been a theme. We have another sponsor on board, guys. This is a record. Wow. Two sponsors in the second pod in your face competition. You guys don't have two sponsors in your second pod. Oh, yeah. So there are a lot of options when buying underwear. There's a lot of e-commerce sites. And you're probably wondering, you know, how do I go about this? How do I navigate <laughs> my boys? Like, where, where are they going to get the protection and the ventilation that they need? Look no further than gas stations on the I-5. We're talking gas station bathroom underwear. Oh, Three dozen for $8. They're not gonna be comfortable, okay? They're not gonna last you long, but you get a lot of bang for your buck, okay? Those 36 pairs will probably last you no less than 45 days, okay? They might rip, there's no refunds, but here's the thing. You're spending $3.99 for them. What are you here to complain about? Gas station underwear on the I-5, brought to you by them. Can I ask both of you a personal question? Yes, you may. In college, did you guys ever pull the I'm out of, I'm not doing well on laundry. Let me go maybe inside out for a day or two on the same boxers. I never did that. No, me either. <laughs> I'm too OCD for no, that. No, absolutely not. Me but either. I, no, same. If I wasn't a bond, I'd probably just wear a pair of bo- or swim trunks. Okay, and you definitely have. So next topic. Yeah, Michael. definitely. Um, yep. You're going to move right along. All right, so we, we discussed at length um, that OKC's plan in order to keep Paul George in the first pot is to definitely sort of hire out um, independent contractors uh, of the dancing variety to sell swords. Yeah, <laughs> uh, salsa dancers. Um, <laughs> we, they need salsa dancers to trap Paul George by, um, you know, retaining a child with him. Uh, to our knowledge, that hasn't happened yet. We've been scouring a lot of the the feeds that we normally do yeah. for that sort of thing, and um, nothing nothing really to report on that front. But now that Paul George is in OKC, he's had his photo shoot. He looked miserable. He looked like he was dreaming of Staples Center. My really question for you guys is over under the number of times that he waves off Westbrook in the clutch and then bricks the shot. I'm setting it at 1.5 for the season. Do you guys think it goes above that or under that? I'm going to say under, actually. So that would be only probably two times. Um, I think what Russell Westbrook did last season, lighting the world on fire, hashtag Brody season, all of that stuff – he is the kingpin in OKC, yeah. and he is going to not even look in anyone's direction other than the rim when, you know, the money's on the line. So, you know, probably not too interesting of a take, but I think Russell Westbrook has earned his stripes to the point where he is the guy no matter what. Unless Paul George is wide open, uh, he's really not passing the ball. And if you look at the – I don't have him in front of me, but Westbrook last year – I mean, it's part of the reason that the – Thunder were even able to win 46 games, 44 games, something like that, was because of his clutch performances. Like, he saved so many games from them. No, yeah, he was amazing. For them, and and Paul George, you know, he had that famous line of, like, I need the ball in that situation, and then somebody looked at basketball reference, and it's like, well, you're 0 for 15 in those situations. Shout out, nerds. Yeah, shout out, nerds. And he missed the shot in that commercial. Yeah, that was a, that was not, a stunt. Don't let that commercial lie. That, that was, was a brick. That yeah. was two takes. This podcast is one take. <laughs> that shot. Uh, yeah, come on. CJ Miles could have made that shot in the commercial. Absolutely, that's who made the shot. Like you, you, what people don't realize is that like they did the sort of the up close, the the you know getting the reactions, the the green beads of sweat, and then they like, hey CJ, can you uh, quiet on the set? CJ, come out here. Can you make a three pointer? Because fucking Paul George can't because there's 11 <laughs> seconds left on the clock and he's clamming up. Mm, so, typical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Paul George is going to be fun. I don't know what their ceiling is, but I think if they don't make the top four. Uh, you could see both of them gone next year. I just think that there's a lot of outs for, for both of them. So, I'd also add that um, his interview yesterday was 
I mean, not to not to put on like my tinfoil hat and get all like conspiracy. So please do, please do. Yeah, I like to do that. Please you know do. That. But he was so wishy-washy. Yeah, I mean, he very was, political. He was not committing to anything. Um, he even at one point said the the phrase "while I'm here," mm-hmm. uh, which was um, I say that at work it means I want to leave. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, I love my job. Same. Same. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I was a Thunder fan, I think you have to approach this season um, with the understanding that you might lose one or two stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless the Thunder, I would say, um, make the Western Conference Finals um, or better, uh, they're not they're not staying, in my opinion, especially Paul George. I mean, that's, that's well documented now. I mean, he's got his eyes on L.A. And uh, just the, the press conference that I saw yesterday with him with the jersey on, uh, number 13, disrespectful to James Harden. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like he, his mind is elsewhere. If worse comes to worse and Paul George and Russell Westbrook leave in the offseason, mm-hmm. you take Steven Adams, you take Cantor, mm-hmm. and you maybe take Doug McDermott. You just make that a, a big three team. Yeah, you know you don't worry. You don't you don't worry because the links are coming in. Just yep. fold. So you got the links are coming it's in. It's a one for one. Yeah, you take the Thunder out, and that's just a big. That's a big three team, and then every, everyone's happy. It's all good. Cube's happy. Yeah, yeah that right everyone's now. happy. Yeah. Don't hate the idea. All right, moving on to Melo to Houston. Um, Today, actually, there were reports that the Melo to Houston trade talks were calming down. It was on the two-yard line! It was on the two-yard line. What happened? They didn't give it to Marshawn. They fucking threw it. Wow. I'll tell you what happened. Oh. I'm going to real go down the uh, rabbit hole right now. Okay. okay. The Cleveland Browns were on the two-yard line week 16. Maybe yeah, it was oh, week no. 17. I can't recall. Football talk. All they needed to do was run the ball. First and goal from the two. Had they got in, the 49ers would have had the number one overall pick. But they decided to pass three times, and they lost like 15 yards. Mm. And I will never forget that set of downs and my now fiancé looking at me like I'm a psychopath, like kind of how you're looking at me right now. So when I hear the phrase, it was on the two-yard line, to me, (laughs) nothing is certain. Anything (laughs) could go wrong because basically the Cleveland Browns of the NBA, a.k.a. the New York Knicks, the winners of the first podcast via me, they botched that. Did, they just win? Did the Knicks just win again? I think their stock is rising. Did the Knicks just win again? No, no. They're keeping that great contract. <laughs> so the, to me, the, the really interesting part of this is that I think a year ago, D'Antoni went on uh, Woj's podcast and had no real kind words to say about Melo. Did nothing, in, in no uncertain terms, called him a big fat doo-doo head, basically, for 40 minutes straight. So that he wasn't really a winner. Um, I would just love to see that first conversation. And I actually hear that one of the biggest holdups in the trade talks is that Mello requested to work from home in New York for Houston. He asked if he could telecommute in. Mm. And they said, realistically, because we play basketball games, I don't think that that's physically possible. And that was a deal breaker for him. He's like, look, I'm not waiving my no trade. Okay, I like New York. I want to raise my kids. I got Lala here. Um, That's what I want to know. How does Lala factor into this while she's thirst trapping on Twitter and Instagram? Yeah. That's, you know, throwing out CP3, Harden, Trevor Reza, PJ Tucker, Carmelo, and Compella. I mean, that's going to be, that could be a really fun team. So I'm kind of hoping he ends up on Houston, even though it'd be another really good guy from the East going to the West. But as I see it now, I just don't like the Spurs or the Thunder as actual contenders against the Warriors. And I think the Rockets could at least make it interesting. I would totally agree with that. Um, not not to talk about the Spurs, but I think they haven't really done a lot to show me um, that they've improved their roster. 
um, and the Rockets, as far as their ceiling, mm-hmm. um, if they were to acquire Melo, I mean, that's that's definitely an interesting competition for the Warriors. I still don't think it beats the Warriors. No. Like, I wouldn't mortgage the future to get him, but if it just means moving Ryan Anderson, which is a similar and longer contract, I think you'd do that 10 times out of 10. Now, do you think if... <laughs> If you were, if you knew you were the Rockets, yep. and you cannot move Ryan Anderson, but you had to move, say, Eric Gordon and Ariza, would you make that deal? If I had to keep Ryan Anderson, I don't think I would. Like, I think you have to move him in order for that to make sense. Because I see this part of Melo's career being a four, mm-hmm. and I, I just, yeah, you could bring Ryan off the bench, um, which I think he's sort of done in spurts here and there. He's been more effective, I feel like, a lot of the time, but. Um, it's tough. I, I just think there's so much firepower in the West. Like, I think right now in their current construction, they're the clear-cut two or three seed. Like, I'd put them in San Antonio going neck and neck. But yeah. I, it's still hard. That's a, tough, that's a tough call to make. It's still hard because, you know, this was, this was Harden's team last year. He was a point guard. And you – this isn't just, like, the Warriors bringing in KD. Nope. Yeah. Like, this is bringing, this is bringing in a ball-dominant point guard – and a ball-dominant scorer. And a different personality. Like, CP3 is pretty much, he's a drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is this, like, go-with-the-flow guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He chills. So. He does him. Yep. All right, so moving on to our favorite segment, which is related sort of to the mellow of Houston, which is that the Knicks stay winning. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. signed a four-year, $71 million deal. Now, I'd like to sort of give you a metaphor here from the Hawks' perspective to what I think was happening. They were having a garage sale, right? They had this... This old lawnmower, it's a good lawnmower, solid. They bought it for 300 bucks. They're like, I'm just trying to get like 100, 150 bucks for this thing. Like it's, it's still, it's still, it's prime. It's gonna, it's gonna work well for years to come. Everybody's kind of like, I don't know if it's worth like 100, 150. Somebody offers 110 bucks. Yeah, all right, well, let's, let's see, I don't know. Like we can always keep the lawnmower, you know? Um, and then all of a sudden the Knicks roll in and like an 87 Chevy reeking of schnapps. Mm. And they just come up to them and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna give you $4,800 for that lawnmower, cash, right now, boom. And the Hawks go, oh my God, I didn't expect somebody to bid that much for this fucking lawnmower. And the best part is they don't even have a lawn. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Boom. Uh, I would add, I don't hate Tim Hardaway. I really don't. He's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts people in the seats. If you are on a bad team, he might do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not worth $71 million. I think uh, he's probably worth something like maybe half that. Maybe you, 70. You were being it's that extra one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is. You would think that the Knicks losing Phil Jackson would help them out. and Maybe was, even constitute them as winners. Yeah. Maybe even <laughs> that. Uh, don't know what you're referring to there. But uh, it did not help. And they continue <laughs> to make head scratching decisions. It got worse. Yeah. It got louder. Yeah. The Zen Master just never leaves you, you know? Yeah. He's always going to be making moves. The Knicks are an absolute disaster. I don't know what else really to go off. I like Tim Hardaway a little bit, mm-hmm. not a lot. Um, so, you know, it's going to be kind of another rough year for Knicks fans. Yeah, but the signing arguably of the summer that you actually mentioned at the beginning is that Ron Baker is back. He self-reported his own deal. Haynes, Woj, yeah, James, that, none of them had it. It was Ron Burgundy Baker. You need him at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you're going to get people there. He puts butts in seats. I mean, John McEnroe doesn't show up for just anyone. Nope. You know, so, I mean, that's that's why you re-sign Ron Baker. Um, John McEnroe probably would go to MSG for Ron Baker in all seriousness. Absolutely. Some of his takes recently. No, I, John McEnroe said that Ron Baker could beat Serena Williams. Oh, my God. That was uh, on a network that starts with four letters. <laughs> oh, my God. It's true. 
It's true. I heard it. Heard those words. Uh, but yeah, Nick's uh, sorry. You got to take the L. That take is definitely in. Absolutely. All right, moving into the closing segment here. Um, you know, I think we kind of dance around the topic all the time that it's sort of can you beat the Warriors? All these moves are great, but at the end of the day, the Warriors added Swaggy P. Yeah. God bless him. Um, $5.2 million. Said he felt wanted having Draymond and Steve Kerr at the meeting, recruiting him with Bob Myers. I believe KD was there too, or am, or am I? I don't know if you might. I'm not I mean, sure. I know that for sure Draymond was there. Um, obviously, he had the infamous tweet from two years ago or last year saying that he hates the 2016 uh, Golden State Warriors fans. Um, loser. Le- total loser. But legendary excuse that he said he was hacked, so he's fine. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. send, you send out a dick pic. Same. You send out, you know. Happens to me every single day. Yeah. Every time there's a tweet on my profile that hasn't been liked or retweeted, yeah. that was I was hacked. Yeah. It was like I just don't I don't really want to like delete it just because I'm you live like, with it. I'm busy. I'm a busy guy, but yeah, they're all hacked. Yeah. Can you think of a better situation for Nick Young at this point of his career though? He is gonna be coming off the bench, getting the most wide open shots that he's ever had in his career. He's one of the best spot up shooters in the league. And I mean I even think of the lineup of Igadala, Livingston, primary ball handers, then you have Caspi Young and Jordan Bell, like that's a lot of space right there for them to operate. Like that's two people that you cannot leave thirty feet from the basket. Mm-mm. A lot of cutting lanes, gonna let a lot of people operate. But I, I, I view him as having one of his most efficient seasons. Definitely not gonna put up you know sixteen, eighteen a game. But no. I can see him putting up eleven, twelve on like three shots. No, it's ridiculous that they got him for the mid level exception. Uh, Swaggy P is a great. Even when he's not trying to create his own shot, he's a great catch and shoot player. Um, he's going to be just an electric score off the bench for the Warriors. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous that they were able to add him. Same with Caspi, um, as if they needed any more firepower to their arsenal. Uh, Swaggy P's, he's going to have a really solid year, and he's going to be around a guy a, a, around a locker room of guys that take shit seriously. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's really had that before. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he's pretty much could, been on rebuilding or losing teams his entire career. Yeah, I think he's things could really click with him this year, and mm-hmm. I could see him having a really nice season for a bench guy, and then getting then cashing out next season for you know wh- however much money. Um, oh yeah, I view him and Caspi in the same situation. That is the bridge contract. Mm-hmm. As a as a basketball fan that lives in the Bay Area that obviously watches the Warriors because I pay for cable. Shout still. out Pistons fans. No oh. cord cutters here. No, no, I pay for cable. I'm an American. I'm you know I'm just gonna say this. I don't want to be too negative. I'm not going to enjoy how much joy Bob Fitzgerald gets out of saying oh Swaggy God. P from three. That is going to drive... From Fremont. Yeah, I was going to ask, can we can we get a can we get a Fitzgerald, like Swaggy P goes off, can we get a Bob Fitzgerald here? From the streets of Antioch. I was going to say, the new, the new kid dynamite. Wow, yeah, this is... That's going to be the rough part for me, I'm going to be honest. But I'm going to be very, very excited. Hopefully this is caught on film. Uh, whoever works for you know Warriors social media, when Clay Thompson first finds out that his real name is Nick Young, yes. that needs to be cut on camera. Please get a slow motion of just the jaw dropping. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now last bit of Warriors um, closing arguments here. Um, Warriors went from 2015-16 from arrogant season, coming off of you know the championship, 67 wins. Um, then that didn't really work out for the Warriors, you know. I don't know if anybody had been paying attention, but they lost in seven to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so then last year, I think, was called redemption season. So if you had to put this year's Warriors season in a season, 
rankings. Mm-hmm. What what are your what are your top ideas? I, I can just throw out a couple here. You guys give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, or just you know throw something out new. Okay. Hashtag somehow better season. <laughs> Hashtag band is back season. Like it. Hashtag fuck yo team season. Whoa. Hashtag upgrade season. Hashtag is a championship season. This is a white. Yes. Um, I don't know. Of, the, of those five, I, I would probably just say fuck yo team season. Uh, the Warriors, they might, they're not going to go 74 and 8. I don't think that record's ever going to be broken. But this, this, um, this team somehow retooled, somehow got better. Um, Somehow better was an option. I know that was an option, but it's just going to be, I think the Warriors are just going to pull out wins out of their asses, kind of how they did when uh, the 73 and 9 went down. Um, And and it's just going to be a systematic extermination of NBA teams. I'm predicting a very nice season of 69 wins. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. That's all I got. I threw out five. (laughs) (laughs) And I got called a white person. I'm, hey, man, it takes one to know one. I'm just going to go A.C. Slater season. Oh. I mean, when when you're just at the top yes. and there's just nowhere else to go. Where do you go? You know, you're showing up to high school, like you're super buff, you're wearing tank tops, everyone yeah. loves you. Showing off the midriff. You are dominating the max. Yeah. Wow, this is, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what our demo is. I haven't looked at the stats yet. This This might not land for a lot of people, so... No, I, I landed for I'm, me. I'm gonna I'm gonna gracefully bow out. We there. haven't even talked about Jordan Bell either. I mean, I know you mentioned his name, but yeah. uh, and we didn't mention him in the first episode of this podcast. But he's one of those guys where before the before the draft, if you could slot him for a team, the Warriors would have been a perfect fit, and mm-hmm. they got him for three point five mil. So again, the Cash. Warriors got better. Uh, their their competition really did not. Other than I mean. The Rockets, I would say, got better. Mm-hmm. Thunder are trying something new, which I can respect. Yep. But as far as the Cavs and the Spurs, I mean, the Cavs, they lowballed Chauncey Billups. They added Jeff Green today. Good God. Jose Calderon, they're retaining Richard Jefferson. I mean, that's a giant L of an offseason. The Spurs, they think they renounced the the right or the uh, the whatever to Jonathan Simmons. Lost so, Simmons and Edmund. Yeah, so... I mean, the Warriors, it's, it's their league. We all knew this. This is not breaking news, um, but they're somehow better. If you know what? I'm going to change my answer. Somehow better season. Is somehow better. Season. It's going to be tight season. going to be tight. going to be very <laughs> tight. Um, I, yeah, we haven't really touched on the Cavs because I don't know that there's much to say other than they brought back an average age of free agents of, I think, like 46.7 years old. I mean, they have, like you said, Richard Jefferson, Jose Calderon. What year is it? I mean, Tyron Lue might be a better backup point guard than Calderon. Honestly, I think he wears jerseys underneath his suits just in case. Yeah. Call it's it bad. Yeah. It's, this is this is really bad. I mean, it's the East is terrible. It actually got worse. Uh, so I'm kind of rooting for those teams like the Bucks or the 76ers to kind of match up with Cleveland in the playoffs and maybe give them a little bit of run. I definitely think this could be a really big like drama season. Yeah. With LeBron's last year. I oh, mean, the writing's gonna be on the walls. Yeah. It's gonna this be could great. be this could be a huge drama Ready season. Ready for a scalding hot take? Oh. This is gonna be my. My swan song of the podcast. I predict that LeBron does not play the whole season, and he has an injury, mm-hmm. and that's it. And that will be his final act in Cleveland, and he leaves. Wow, interesting. Uh, like a long I'm not ball predicting injury? him to tear his, an ACL or anything because I do not wish that. No, but I think he may use maybe a sprained ankle. He doesn't blah blah blah, and that's the end in Cleveland. 
That's our that's our ridiggy diggy dick take of the night. Yeah, hang I, on. I've I had like a few that. beers. I'm ready to let it I go. I like that. I'd trade him. Um, get something back because he's going to LA. All right, so that's episode two of the take is in. We might get to a regular schedule. We might not. Um, I don't owe you guys any answers. We'll we'll release them when we can. Um, Thank you for listening. Yeah, looking forward to an exciting NBA offseason to come. There's still going to be more moves. Uh, Summer League is sort of halfway over. We're into the playoffs. Get your DVRs ready, guys. It's the nature of a single elimination playoff. And that take is in. Best of luck to Markel Foltz. Get healthy. Um, Love seeing you play. That was no fun watching him go down. Agreed. Want to see the Sixers back. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye, friends. Cheers. Love you. Recent research has shown that empirical evidence for globalization of corporate innovation is very limited. And as a corollary, the market for technologies is shrinking. As a world leader, it's important for America to provide systematic research grants for our scientists. I believe strongly there will always be a need for us to have a well-articulated innovation policy with emphasis on human resource development. Thank you. What happened? I blacked out. That was interesting. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, your rebuttal, Mr. Carville. Uh, we have no response. That was perfect. That's the way you debate.